Welcome to Dynasty Theory, your source for everything Dynasty fantasy football. With your hosts, John Bauer. I'm looking to sell everybody price dependent. Dan LaMagna. Too much dysfunction in Cleveland. And Mitch Sorensen. Well, it's hard to compete with excellence. What's up? What's up? What's up? Another episode of Dynasty Theory. Two-man rodeo tonight. If you're watching live on YouTube, you already see that. What is up, Mitch? How's it going? We actually have news today. We were thinking there was going to be no news. We were just going the show, talk about some playoff values and stuff like that. And boom, we get the two coaching hires we were waiting for. Yeah, the the first couple dominoes fall here, uh, looking at some of the head coach openings, and we're going to discuss them tonight. We also are going to run through some of our value risers, fallers, whatever you want to call it from the the guys still taking part in the playoffs uh, and over the last few weeks, because every year we always see these players that get a little bit of a spike or, you know, all, all eyes are on these games. They're, they're all, you know, Island games. So everybody's seeing what's going on and everything these players do throughout the playoffs is under a microscope. And even though our fantasy season has been over mm-hmm. for a little bit, we're still paying attention to it as the off season progresses. So let's see. We got tied. We got John. What's going on guys in the chat. Always appreciate folks joining live. Mitch, like you said, two head coach hires today. Real Uh, quick. Before we get in that, there's something important that everyone needs to know. John is commissioning two leagues in the discord. As I was saying a couple weeks ago, the last time we were on that, you know, if you want to join a startup, our Discord is probably the best and easiest way to do it. And John went, boom, he's commissioning two of them. And John doesn't commission anything. So I'm just saying that, yes, if you do actually want to join a startup and you don't know where to look, our Discord is like an excellent way, way to join up. I kicked off two startups. I'm still holding strong. I keep saying it. I have what? not joined either of them or any other startup. I'm just commissioning them fairly straightforward settings but just something for people to scratch scratch that itch okay uh i I see people zach zach john crazy i know okay sorry D'Amico ryan's head coach houston texans Mm -hmm. really not much to talk about from uh, a scheme and offensive fantasy perspective and what we could kind of expect here in houston but I think it's a great hire from a culture perspective. Somebody bringing something over from a winning organization on the defensive side of the ball. We see how formidable that 49ers defense has been. Mm-hmm. And we we see it with the, the Jets, you know, that, that coaching tree. So D'Amico Ryan's good hire for the Texans, Mitch? I think so. I mean, I think it brings immediate credibility to that franchise who hasn't had it the last few years. Um, I wonder what it means for someone like Brandon Cooks. Yeah, Brandon Cooks probably didn't like playing for the previous regime. He's probably going to be okay playing for Ryan's, in my opinion. And But I think that's what happens is now free agents might want to go there because they can put maybe not trust in the fact that Ryan's is a good coach. They could put faith into him as a person and who he was on the field, even as a player and everything he's done outside of football. So in my opinion, I think, like you said, it's a great hire from the franchise point of view. Who knows if he's going to be good? Maybe he's awful, but I do think it means maybe the Texans aren't going to be the absolute dumpster fire. They have been the previous three seasons. 
and they're in a good spot from a draft pick perspective. We'll see how it plays out. Again, really not too much from a fantasy perspective, but just wanted to mention it. But you did mention Brandon Cooks. I mean, he wants to play for a contender. Even with the great D'Amico Ryans there, I don't know if that's going to make the difference. Uh, that's true. Maybe I went over and above, but I think there's there's hope now. I don't know. I, I, I you know, it's uh, it's January Dynasty content. That's that's what it that's is. D'Amico Ryan's right. really coming, uh, stepping up to the plate for us here. All right, the next one, probably the more intriguing from an offensive perspective. Mm-hmm. Sean Payton going to Denver. Is Russ gonna cook, or is he gonna keep ordering out because he burns his food? The best part was is there was a quote from him already saying, you know, Russ had a lot on his plate last year. We need to really build a good running game for him, so you know the position's not quite as hard as it was as it was this previous season. And I'm just like, well, Russ ain't cooking no more. But honestly, it's okay. It's it's good. Like. Russ not having to do as much is probably better for us fantasy wise than actually asking him to put it all on his shoulders because he just doesn't have that in him anymore. So maybe put a good offense around him. Do what the Lions have done for Jared Goff. Just give him wide receivers, a good running game that they should already have, build up the offensive line, and he's probably okay. But when you take away the wide receivers with all the injuries, you have Williams leaving Early in the season, yeah, it was like week two or week three, whatever it was. He went out, and then you have a bad offensive line. Most quarterbacks are going to struggle there. So I think Sean Payton coming in, knowing how to build a team with scraps. I mean, keep in mind, the Saints have always had a good roster, but they've never been able to really bring in great free agents because they don't ever have a salary cap to do it. So I think Payton is immediately going to make this team better. And almost, almost... Makes me want to buy into Russ. Not quite, but almost. Well, here's the thing. Whether or not things pan out, I mean, really quick with Sean Payton, we know the types of uh, the high caliber offenses Mm -hmm. he's put out on the field. But then it's really difficult to look at it and say, Payton or Drew Brees, Drew Drew Brees, Drew Brees or Payton. It's like the chicken and the egg situation. And because they were together for so long, it is difficult to separate them and differentiate who was really providing. I mean, it, it's like the the Belichick and Brady situation. Uh, you know, it, it's not mm-hmm. far removed from that type of uh, uh, symbiotic relationship. Was that? Yeah, I think that was all right. Yeah, I think that's good. So we're looking at Sean Payton. The the first thing it does, it it does build credibility. We talked about credibility with D'Amico Ryans, but it builds credibility for this offense within the dynasty community. Mm-hmm. And I see our, our guy Greg is in the chat. He's a diehard Broncos fan. He's out there in Denver. So I I, I think uh, from a fan point of view, they're going to, to like this yep. initially. We'll see how it plays out. But the coaching situation last year, it – it was a dumpster fire. It was. It, so was. It, it was just, it did not, it did not go well. And I think that's very obvious. It's not like groundbreaking information. Yep. If you watched a Broncos game in the first 14 weeks of the season, it was awful. Yep. Especially whenever Javante went out, I put it in the chat. Uh, whenever Javante Williams was healthy, Russell Wilson had a four to one touchdown to interception ratio. It's not because he was throwing a ton of touchdowns, but he was limiting those mistakes yep. with Javante out. It was almost one to one. 
<laughs> it was like it was, no, like it was one, so bad. It was like one point one to point nine. So mm-hmm. we'll we'll call it one to one for for this conversation. But it, it it's going to bolster the value. I actually had an offer out. Uh, somebody offered me one one eleven in James Cook for my Russ two days mm-hmm. ago. Mm-hmm. You know I rejected that because of course I, in my tiers, which are available on the Dynasty Theory Patreon, and they're fantastic, obviously. But I, I have these guys in, in red. If it's a player that I'm below market, I want to get rid of them at market value. Uh, they're in green. If I have them above market and I want to go out and acquire at market value. And then I have everybody else in neutral. But I've had Russ in green for quite some time. I think I'm up to like 24% roster ship. So I'm sorry. That restaurant, it better not be like a Max and Irma's where they're just going out of business left and right. <laughs> we need that restaurant to stay open. We need him to cook, all right? But, but you brought up a good point, though, is Peyton coming in is going to have people buying in. Just like you have been on him previously, people are going to be willing to buy in now, and that's what we want in Dynasty. It doesn't matter. I don't care what player you name. If we have a high-profile coach come in like Sean Payton, it's going to adjust everybody's value. What's Jerry Judy going to go for when people talk about slot work and look right. what Michael Thomas did? Then all of a sudden, Judy's going to be a top 20 draft pick next year because he did a little bit at the end of the season. People are going to bring up, look what Sean Payton's done with the slot work before, and boom, we already know how high he's going to go. So that stuff does matter. People, you know, whether you believe it or not, you don't have to. But someone in your league is going to. And if you have those players, it could be a great time to move them. Honestly, I brought up Judy. I won't move him now. I think his value is going to go up and up and up. I don't see any way that his value really drops outside of injury until the start of the season. If you have a share of Russell Wilson and maybe you're just in a few leagues and you've been trying to get rid of him, now is the time that you want to explore those trade opportunities. You now have that inflated market. Whereas if you were previously buying at a discount, it's going to be difficult to continue to grow that exposure at those, those lower prices. Cortland Sutton, I would shop him. If you have Cortland mm-hmm. Sutton on your roster, I would shop him. Jerry Judy, like you said, I do think he's going to continue to get that hype. And it's going to be a snowball. And it's going to keep going and going it and is. going. Yep. And uh, Javante Williams, as long as we don't get any negative reports regarding recovery, I, I think that's another one where his value is going to, at least in terms of a running back, it's going to be as insulated as it can be. Uh, running back, insulated value, kind of oxymorons, but as much as it can be. Anything else with Denver? No, Anything I think else that with covers Houston? a fair bit of it. Yeah, actually a longer conversation than I expected. Yeah, but told you it was going to happen. Let's go into the NFL playoffs. Mm-hmm. We are heading into <coughs> uh, cold season still. I'm coughing. But we're heading into the week between conference championships and the Super Bowl. Yep. Give me some of your value risers. I had a hard time finding people who really rose in value based off these playoffs. Probably Devontae Smith. I would say he's probably pretty high, but he was high to begin with, so I really didn't want to start off with him. I'm going to go with, I think the hype is going to continue to build for Isaiah Pacheco. Um, It's not that he's been awesome. He had almost 100 yards rushing in the first um, playoff game and then last week he had like five catches and I think there's just enough there to where people are going to want 
to build him up this offseason as, hey, he was a rookie. He needed time to get going, and he's going to continue to grow is going to be people's thoughts, right? In my opinion, I don't want anything to do with a Chiefs running back ever. I don't care who it is, who his name is. I'm just out because it's so few and far between what you could count on. But what you could do with projections with a guy like Pacheco, I I think he's going to pop really hard. So in my opinion, I think he might be the biggest value gainer in the playoffs, just because I haven't seen like any huge jumps from anybody else. The the one startup that I'm commissioning that you mentioned to start off the show, he went relatively early. He's been rising, and he's a running back that does not have any insulated value. No. He's a running back. What was that? No, he does not have any. <laughs> here, here comes the coughing attack. It's like once an episode. It's my fault. It's it whenever, is. I'm allergic to your I'm BS, here, I think. Just, it is what it is. But he, he's one of those players that doesn't have the insulated value. There's so much risk throughout the offseason with the free agent mm-hmm. running backs, the NFL draft. I would also shop Isaiah Pacheco. I think his value has risen, and it, it should have from a market perspective. But I would look to shop him. So, <coughs> holy shit. I get so freaking frustrated. I, you have no idea. You and people. Oh, I think I show, have an idea to be honest with you. <laughs> I'm just picturing people listening to the show like this dude needs to stop coughing. I I do, I do. It grinds my gears. It fries my chicken. Okay. I have the little Wi-Fi signal up there too. I'm like, am I getting glitchy? A little bit. You were to begin with, but you're good now. No worries. Oh man, the show must go. Uh, it wasn't long ago. Andy Reid running back was a must-have. That's a comment from Nick. But anyway, so Isaiah Pacheco, yes, I am okay looking to move him um, at a somewhat inflated value. I want to go to another running back, and this one is is due to injury. But Tony mm-hmm. Pollard, okay. I, it sounds like franchising him is a possibility for the Cowboys. Do you think we have seen any shift in his value because of the injury? And if so, are you buying in? Yeah, I think we definitely have seen a huge, probably not huge. We've seen enough of the value dump on him to where I think it's worth buying in on him now because I do think he's actually, will they franchise him? I don't know. I mean, it's $10 million to pay to another running back on top of what you're already paying Zeke, which is a lot of money. And how are they going to do that when they bring Bijan in? I mean, that's all over the mocks is that's what the Cowboys are going to do. But, of course, I don't think that's going to happen. But picking up Pollard, my worry is his price is going to be pretty high with whatever team he starts off with. So if you want to buy him, buy him now in the next few weeks. Because once free agency starts and he signs with a new team, he's going to end up being mid-fifth round startup pick, sixth round right around there. And that's just going to be way, way too rich for me. But then is it fair to say maybe that his value is not taking as much of a hit as would be necessary to go out and acquire today? Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Okay. So we see Isaiah Pacheco, a running back whose value has risen as a result of the playoffs. Again, all eyes are on these games. You have five catches, 50 yards, 100 yards in a previous game. So people are seeing the the numbers, even though we know how quickly that can disappear in this Chiefs offense. And we talk about Tony Pollard looking at, I'm, I'm just going to run through some teams here and tell me when to stop. Okay. 
And this can be from a, a value riser, somebody that fell, but then also we're going to tie into the market and maybe they have fallen for us, but they've fallen more on the market. So now okay. they're a buy, even though they fell. Yeah. I think I'm following. We'll find out. It's like, who's on first over here. Yeah. All right. So the Seahawks lost in the wild card. Gino Walker, DK Lockett, Fant. Anything of note there in terms of a shift? No, I don't think there's a shift at all for any of them. With Gino, is there a concern or what percent chance would you oh, put? No. Yeah, you all, you love when I throw these out there. I need a what probability would we assign to Gino Smith not starting for the Seahawks in week one? That's part one. Okay. Part two, what's the probability he starts week one, but they drafted a rookie and maybe he's there as a bridge? <sighs> 30% and like 15%. Only because probably a Wait, 30, pause. 30% chance it? he doesn't start. Okay. I asked the question. I had to yeah. remind myself what I the question it. was. So 30% that he doesn't start. So 70% chance that he does. But I think if he does start, um, they're not going to be drafting a rookie. I really don't think that. I think if they bring in a rookie – then that rookie is going to get run because, but I don't think it's going to happen just because I don't think Pete Carroll wants to go through that. You know, I don't think he wants to start a three year process of trying to get a rookie quarterback going. I just don't see it happening to be honest with you. So fair chances, Gino or a quarterback a little bit better. And while they did lose in the wild card game to the 49ers, I thought for the most part, Gino Smith played. Okay. Yeah. It wasn't his fault. They lost. I, I don't think it was a loss due to Gino. And that's really the only situation if he would have gone out 40% completion percentage, three picks, four picks, no touchdowns, it would have been a disaster, obviously. Yep. So as it stands today, Dino Smith, what rookie pick would you you know, compare him to in a typical 12-team Superflex? And, of course, we're going to throw the tight end premium. Why are you doing that to me? I wouldn't pay more than a late second for him in a 12-team league. I think it's going to cost more than that to get him. Yes, it but, would. But he's not a guy that I want in my lineup. That's my thing. I mean, I think the value is what it is, so it's probably a mid to early second. But he's not a guy that I want to start. Like, if I'm going into the season with Geno Smith as my quarterback too, I might as well be moving some other pieces and rebuilding for next year. Straight up, Cam Akers or Geno Smith? Let's go cross-positionally. Uh, that's so team-dependent, but I'm going to go Geno. Gino, ship it. All right, let's skip over this team. Okay, char <laughs> Chargers. Well, no, because I'm thinking about how, how long these conversations are going to be. You're good. Chargers. What was it, a 20? Oh, we've been talking about Keenan quite a bit lately. What was that? We talked about Keenan Allen quite a bit lately. That was on this weekend's episode of yeah. The Pivot Point, only on the Dynasty Theory Patreon. Chargers, wild card loss, disaster. Jaguars come back from 24, 27, whatever it was. Herbert, Eckler, Keenan, Mike Williams, Palmer, Everett. Of course, Everett, he is. Uh, well, actually, I think he has one year left on this contract. Mm -hmm. But Kellen Moore coming over as the offensive coordinator. I think maybe that will have more of an impact than anything we saw in their lone mm -hmm. fan, uh, playoff game. So what impact does that have? Is any change in value warranted? Yeah. 
honestly, for me, it's just Keenan's the only guy I'm worried about. That's because of his age. Because you'll have people like me who do not want to buy into him because I think he's turning, was he 31 or 32 next season? Can't remember off the top of my head. But I mean, he's old enough now to where I don't want to try to get him. And so it's not based off his playoff performance at all. It's based off, I don't want to buy in that old of a slot wide receiver that's injured a fair amount of times. And he's going to be 31. I was throwing my finger up if you saw 31. So overall, and again, that's why I wanted to go with the Chargers here. Mm -hmm. We're not looking at this situation because of what we saw in the first round of the playoffs or because of Kellen Moore being hired as the offensive coordinator there in Los Angeles as anything that we are changing with their values. Mm -hmm. The way we saw them last week or a month ago, we still value them in a similar fashion. Agreed. All right. Jaguars, divisional loss, making it one extra round. Lawrence, ETN, Christian Kirk, I, they're getting the hype. Evan Ingram, yep. free agent. I want to talk about Calvin Ridley. Okay. He has gotten to the point now, and it's like it's every day now on Twitter is Calvin Ridley Day. Mm-hmm. We, in our Discord, people are sharing tweets that that they see, and we always get great conversations and discussions because of it. But Calvin Ridley... I am firmly on move him. And again, not just move somebody to move them, but if we get their value that we're seeing on the market or in different trade situations, I would like to maximize. If I can get wide receiver 30, 35 prices in return for him, somebody entering their age 29 season, a new situation, even with the great Trevor Lawrence, is is he even going to be, you always say this, is yeah. he going to be able to play week one? That's the thing. We don't know. And that's, I think a lot of people aren't looking into that. It's not that he was suspended for the 2022 season. It's that he was suspended for a minimum of the 2022 season. And so there's a chance to where maybe he will be there week one. Maybe he'll be there week 10. We have no idea how it's going to play out. So for me, it's, I completely agree. I think if you can get what the hype is for him, I think you move him immediately and there's no real reason to go out and get him right now. And it's funny that the player that's not even reinstated yet is the one that's seeing this value bump. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Christian Kirk, <coughs> he's, you know, I still have him as a buy. Mm-hmm. I think if if he had a different name with the season he had, yep. he would be valued far differently. So if we're sitting there, and you're deciding between who you're going to take at 112 or 201. I might be able to get Christian Kirk plus a small piece when the, the rookie drafts come around. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, without for, a doubt. For and I mean, like the 112 ish. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's more than fair. And you talk about, I think what Trevor Lawrence and ETN did is they just solidified where they were. They're mm-hmm. completely safe where they were kind of building going into the playoffs. They didn't lose anything at all. And if anything, there might have been some quarterbacks that are maybe boosting up Trevor Lawrence a little bit. And ETN is just set right where he is. Pretty much what running back three to running back six-ish, depending on however you want to rank him. But I think he's just right there. The Eagles. You mentioned Devontae Smith. Yeah. Is Miles Sanders back there in 23? I don't know. I don't even know if he likes playing there. You just don't know the way that he is on Twitter. I mean, I'm sure half of it's for show when he's telling people like not to draft him and that sort of stuff. But that offense is just so good that I don't really care who they have there with Hurts as long as it's not Boston Scott as like a 
starting caliber running back. They put anybody in there that has close to Miles Sanders talent. They're going to do just as well as Miles Sanders did. So I don't know if they're going to, or if they just use a draft pick and grab a running back and bring him in. And then you don't need to pay Miles Sanders that big contract and knowing that team and how they use analytics, that would probably be my guess on how they go about it. Yeah. I mean, there's not much to talk about with the Eagles really. Yeah, Same. I mean, great team. They're built to be great next year and in future years. So I think it'll be good to go from there. Hashtag analysis. That's right. You, uh, there, there is one tight end that I want to talk about and it's near and he, he's near and dear to your heart, but he drifted away from your heart a little bit. Oh, okay. Okay. The one I made so a YouTube we, video about. Yeah. Ah, yeah. That That's a rough one to go back and watch. Well, he, then he was traded, so it's it's kind of a moot point. It's anyway, TJ TJ Hawkinson just been an absolute target monster in that offense. The question came up over the weekend, and it was discussed. We were discussing TJ Hawkinson and Mark Andrews, right? Mm-hmm. And I said at their respective prices, I would rather pay for TJ Hawkinson yep. than Mark Andrews. If we're gonna see ten targets a game, which well, yeah, that was worth what we were anybody, seeing pretty much. I'm buying the TJ Hawkinson. So um, I'm not necessarily saying he's a guy that I'm going out and actively acquiring, Mm -hmm. but at his price, I'm willing to pay it. So right around that tight end five-ish area, uh, I think he might have overtaken George Kittle for many people. So maybe he's four, Mm -hmm. but could you ship off uh, Andrews for Hawkinson plus, a Pitts for Hawkinson plus? Probably. I, I think, I think so. you could, and that's something I'd be yeah. interested in doing. Yep, I agree. Um, if I could do it for Kyle Pitts and get Hawkson Plus right now, that's a trade I could never see myself doing three months ago, but mm-hmm. it's a trade I'll do today. So Hawkinson, for me, is one of the guys that has really solidified himself mm-hmm. as a top-tier tight end that is getting the volume we want. And it, as long as he's there and Kirk Cousins is there, and O'Connell's there. I don't think that's going to change. And Thielen, I don't think Thielen's going to be back next year. So, I mean, you're going to bring someone new in. You're going to tell me they're going to command more targets than what Hawkinson already built up that quickly with Cousins. I just don't see it happening. I think Cousins can, or sorry, Hawkinson's going to ball out next year. We don't often talk about guys that we are willing to take a loss on. Dalvin Cook's one of those guys. Oh, yeah. What okay? How low are you willing to go to move <clears throat> Dalvin Cook? And you could only get a draft pick in a twelve-team league. Uh draft pick. I get two hundred five. Two hundred five. That's. I think that's what it's going to be. I think like a mid-second-round pick is going to be your best hope. All right, I'm trying to adjust my. Let's go up a little bit here. My definition. I was really blurry there at low def. It improved you a little bit, though. (laughs) Yeah, let's see. Let's see how long this lasts before I glitch out. But Dalvin Cook, he's a guy I keeps dropping, keeps dropping. Mm -hmm. And it's not just because of the age. He was extremely inefficient as that season progressed. And it's not like he's going out and he's getting a ton of the work in the passing game. Um, Yeah, Hawkinson pretty much stole all of his work, in my opinion. So oh, actually, and I like that you brought that up. 
I'm going through and I'm doing our baseline behind the scenes 2023 projections. Mm -hmm. And I sent you this long message and it was going through the different teams. And from 2021 to 2022, when they added certain players and caliber of different positions, the way it impacted the, these positions in the target share perspective and adding these higher tight ends. <laughs> I laugh because of the comment. Wes says JB is blurry. Bigfoot is blurry. JB equals Bigfoot confirmed. No wonder he uses manscaped. Hey, listen, uh, my son actually just got into Bigfoot. Like no joke. Uh, we're sitting there and he goes, can we turn the Bigfoot show on? So I found one of those like hunting Bigfoot Netflix <laughs> <That's> shows, awesome. <laughs> but there's like too much stuff that he's not entertained with yeah. in that. So he like walks away. Then yeah. he's, he's into the Yeti. I was trying to get him to, to learn about the Loch Ness monster. Hey. So, yeah. When I was little, my, one of my dreams was to find the Loch Ness monster. Did that work out? No. And when I say oh. little, I mean like 33 years old, <laughs> um, but Anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, so what was I saying here? So adding a high-end tight end, it it really seemed to impact the running backs in the target share perspective. So as long as he's there, you have another, another player there taking a piece of that pie. Mm -hmm. The way Dalvin Cook, efficiency down, especially as the season progressed, I'd be looking to move him, and you're going to have to move him at a discount below market. You're not getting a first. No, you're not getting a first. So if you do want to move him, it's got to be settling for that mid second, like Mitch and I discussed, or looking for something else involving a package of maybe uh, lower end players that potentially have their own question marks. Owen jumps in the chat. Miles Sanders contract come up this season. It does. Um, yeah. Mitch you look I at the list of free agents and like the list of free agent running backs, they look pretty good list of free agent wide receivers not so good <laughs> when dj shark is the third most yep. appealing no knock on dj shark but jacoby juju dj shark i think those yep. are the top three that's right? it that's all there is so anyway uh enough about bigfoot enough about dalvin cook where are we going here 49ers let's just get to it okay I was looking at this a few different ways, right? So they're in the conference championship. They lose. Mm -hmm. Brock Purdy gets injured early. Josh Johnson comes in. We now see that not every quarterback can operate a Shanahan it's offense. True. And uh, just looking at some of the, the yeah. comments here in the chat. So not every quarterback can run that Shanahan offense. Did that kind of help Brock Purdy's stake and claim to that starting spot? But then you have to tie in the injury. So now, uh, the, what is it, UCL? So yeah, many torn UCL. Uh, at least six months, is that what it was? At least, yeah. I mean, best case scenario, he might be back for a training camp. But, I mean, that's pretty scary. Yeah, so this is now a situation where we can move Brock Purdy down. So he's one of the bigger losers. But again, it's not because of play, right? It's because of injury. But you can't just put an asterisk next to it and say, well, we're not going to talk about it because of the injury. 
So this now opens up an opportunity in my mind, if you have Trey Lance on your team, to now get a slightly inflated return. I am of the belief that they make a splash at the quarterback position. And I think they go get Tommy Gunn. I think Brady, I re- I hate to, I, you know, I'm not trying to go down the Florio route, but I, I just a hunch, just something in my stomach. Tom Brady is the starting quarterback week one for San Francisco. So it's not a long-term answer, but uh-huh. it's going to kill Trey Lance's value even further. Oh, yeah. why, didn't, why didn't they commit to him this year? Even though he, he's back, he's healthy. So Jimmy, I almost said Jimmy Johnson, Jimmy Garoppolo elsewhere. I yep. I mean, Without maybe he, unless he resigns, I, but let's say he's out. Okay. He's out. Yeah. He'll be out. He ends up as a New York jet. Brock Purdy, at least six months. Mm-hmm. Trey Lance, just not great. It's <laughs> not a good quarterback. So this now gives you a chance to move on from Trey Lance. That's what I would look to do. Yeah, I agree. It's about, so quick question. I know you're coughing, so I'll take a second with it. Who was a bigger bust, Trey Lance or Zach Wilson? Uh, gotta be, uh, like, for fantasy? Uh, no, for, like, franchise-wise. Who, which team was hurt most? The 49ers training up for Trey Lance or the Jets just choosing wrong as Zach Wilson at number two? I would say Zach Wilson because you can clearly see that the 49ers still have all the other pieces they need. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, but yeah, I agree. If you could get anything for Trey Lance, I think it's a great time to move him. I still have quite a few shares of him. And but knowing that, it's kind of time to buy in on everybody else. If you like Kittle, if you like Debo, if you like Ayuk, if you like Christian McCaffrey. Have a little hope that they could bring in somebody better. What's going to happen to every single they bring in Tom Brady. Christian McCaffrey is the locked in 101 in every single redraft of best ball league there is next season. I mean, and I mean, his projection at that point, I mean, his targets are going to be like 140 targets on the year. It's going to be obscene. But so that's the thing is if you do believe that they're going to move on from Lance, so these are the stances that if you take now, you'll look better for it in March and April. And that's why we, you know, run. We're active in our leagues year-round because, yeah, you can just wait, see what happens, pick up the pieces then, pay a little bit extra if you have to. You're not going to hit on any losses, so no big deal. But if you could be early, this is how you turn your, like, we always say the return on investment. If you could change it just a couple percentage points by being right on this sort of thing, I think it's the stance that you have to make. Yeah, it's a good point. And, you know, obviously, if they go to Trey Lance, there is going to be that that – long conversation again well what impact does this have on the overall targets hurt cmc without a doubt it, it would and the russian quarterbacks they do limit the upside of running backs overall mm-hmm. um and the overall piece of the pie gravitates more towards the wide receivers even though now that pie is going to be small you know yep. smaller in comparison it, it's so interesting this year because in previous years, especially last year, you know, it's fresh on our minds. You have that Gabe Davis blow up game. <laughs> uh, just a game that just fueled the fire for conversations throughout the next six months, seven months. Mm-hmm. We didn't really have that this year so far. 
Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we didn't have anything big from like, that. like a mid-tier player mm-hmm. that just shot up. Like, yeah, you see, you see the guys that should be producing. Yeah, producing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So of course their values. Go ahead. I was just saying, you kind of need what we're looking for is in two weeks in the Super Bowl. It's gonna be like Sky Moore. If Sky Moore can go out and have a six catch, 120 yards, and a touchdown or two game, then all of a sudden it could be him. But you're right. There hasn't been anybody that's done that in this playoff. I mean, you could throw Juju back in there. If he, yeah. Throw Tony in there. Right. You know, I think Tony is so injury riddled at this point that I don't really – I think he could go out and have 10 catches and 150 yards. I don't know if people will buy into him because the dude can't stay healthy for long enough yeah. to get 10 catches in a season. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we wanted to go through, are there any other players that you had on your list? The only one, I mean, people weren't into him to begin with, but I think Dave, Devin Singletary is kind of dead at this point. It's another season. Not a lot happened in the playoffs. They were giving white enough run. Um, or sorry, I don't know why I said white. I know I said white because of my final thought that's coming up, but cook. They gave Cook enough run to where... I, wait, I was sitting here. I'm like, am I forgetting somebody? Yeah, no, no, it was my fault. I was going back to Lindell White. You know, he played for them quite a while ago. Yeah, that's who I was talking about. But they gave Cook enough run to where I think Devin Singletary is just a guy on your dynasty roster now. You can't ever plan on him like even being a flex. Uh, Nick makes a good, a good note here. MVS. Not so much what Maybe. we saw from Gabe, Gabe Davis... But yeah, that's a good call out. I think we've seen enough of him. Like Gabriel Davis, it was still what was it two years into his career? Was yep. Blow up game. I MVS is he a free agent? No, I thought he got a couple years there. What, what's that contract situation like? Uh, da, 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 da. Got it now. Uh, twenty twenty four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good call. Good call. Yep. Um, so, but he, he's going to be entering his age 29 season, mm-hmm. but I do think that I, that that's a great, that's a great shout out. That, that's a great shot. Uh, Owen says acres is one for me. Acres uh, isn't in the playoffs. Did he get traded? I don't even I, know. You know, I think, listen, I think Owen, uh, he, he's a, he's a friend from Ireland. It's two forty AM over there. So yeah. he owns his bar. Maybe the bar just closed. He <laughs> caught the, yeah. the tail end of the show. Uh, oh, and we were sticking with playoff guys here. All right. We'll get to acres. Eventually we'll get to him. Yeah. But that, that's kind of why like, and, and you can't really, it's going to be so difficult looking at just players where their value is impacted based on the playoffs, because how many of them are impending free agents? I is so many, you know, you look at the tight end situation, in Cincinnati, Hayden Hurst, free agent, Gus Edwards. They're talking about potentially having him be a cut candidate. Daniel Jones. He doesn't have a contract. Barkley, no contract. Uh, Singletary. You mentioned him. Mm-hmm. Tua concussion riddled. Gesicki free agent. Uh, just so many guys Schultz here. Free agent. What was that? Schultz. Dalton we didn't Schultz. even talk about the Cowboys. And I mean, the Cowboys are kind of the ones to where, I think Dak, it's so funny. We talked after week one, the first week of the playoffs. And we were like, hey, Dak, you know, quarterback five, he's doing awesome. It was the, you know, the best game that he's had in his career. And then he comes out and just craps the bed the next game. And it's like, well, 
maybe he's a top 12 quarterback. Dan's even like, no, he's just an average dude. You know, the Cowboys have to surround him by talent with him for him to do anybody any good. And if Dan's the one saying that, that's like, well, maybe that's not too good. But I really think that Dak could be like as far as the one to where you lost like percentage points based off value. Dak could be the one who you were really high to begin with. And then he kind of hit where he was previously. But now everyone has such a sour taste in my mouth. He's probably a decent shot below where he is. I'm going to keep gobbling up their shares. I'm going to treat like Thanksgiving. Gobble, gobble, gobble. All right. My quarterback rooms, it's Uh going to be Dak, Russ, and Stafford all across the freaking board. You probably have some car mixed in there, too. (laughs) Nah, cars in the garage. Maybe Tannehill. Who knows? But, uh, yeah, so I I, I like some of these call-outs that we've gotten. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, not too much, unfortunately, concrete actionable takeaways because again there's so many variables yeah so many uh, like, moving parts i was saying it's taking your stand this year or this time of year it's if you can be early you're great if you choose not to make any moves right now that's fine too but if you have a strong feeling one way or another on these players this is the time that you take those shots because soon as soon as um the super bowl's over we're gonna have free agency free agency start up pretty quick Best ball season's going to start, and with best ball season now, it moves players' values pretty rapidly when people see where they're going in redraft. Yeah. We always talk about how throughout the offseason, it's like a roller coaster. There's shifts. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, veteran spike, rookie spike, veteran spike. Then, you know, things do change throughout the yep. entire offseason. Final thoughts. Well, I'm excited for this final thought because is okay. it a – I, I who knows what it's about here, but 190th episode in of Dynasty Theory, talking about some playoff value adjustments. Mitch, what do you got for our listeners? Bring us home. So, so I've seen a lot of talk about people hating on Rashad White because of his success rates and comparing it to everyone else in the league. This is something that we saw with DeAndre Swift last year. DeAndre Swift was terrible, but so was the rest of the Lions' offense as far as success rate goes. Um, Leonard Fournette was terrible behind that line. That whole offense was really bad this year. It was easily the worst rushing offense in the NFL. Um, so all I'm going to say is sometimes it's not the player that you need to take a look at. Maybe it was the offense causing the player to have those issues. So I'm not holding that against white going into next season. I think he's still a pretty good buy at what his cost is now, especially if everyone's being like, Oh no, no, they're going to replace him. And it's not, they're going to replace him If he keeps getting passing down work, his value right now is fine. And I'm more than happy to go out and get him a value. I was not expecting a Rashad White tout here. You know, wow. it just is what it is. I saw mm-hmm. a lot of stuff on the beach, and that was one thing that grinded my gears a little bit, as John would say. What kind of beach were you at that it was just Rashad White, Rashad White, Rashad White? Twitter. Twitter. Twitter Lots beach. Twitter. Yeah. yeah. I like it. Haters. All right. Hopefully you all enjoyed the show. We'll be back next week with another episode of Dynasty Theory. For Mitch Sorensen, Dan LaMagna, I'm John Bauer. We'll catch everybody later. Peace.